I'm Sean. And I'm Clayton. And we're men who like men who like movies. Two queer men who love movies, love talking about movies. And after a lot of urging, we started a podcast. So, Sean, what did you pick out for us to watch this time? So, this one is a, a little bit of spooky season. But my main reason for this movie... Uh, I guess I'm not going to go through the A and Bs. I'm just going to go for my main reason. Uh, this was a little bit of a birthday gift for my best friend in the world, who is here to talk about it with us. So we watched her favorite film, and I'm going to introduce Bree so she can introduce the movie. So we've got my best friend in the world, Bree Evola. Welcome. Thank you. I'm super happy to be recording this with you guys. Yay. All right. I'll, I'm letting you have the intro. What did we watch? We watched Practical Magic. Yeah! I love this movie. Thank you for making me watch it all those years ago. No I'm problem. glad you guys made me watch this. <laughs> it's amazing. I think everyone should watch this. <laughs> Absolutely. I do think it's a ton of fun. Um, what's your relationship with the film, Brie? Uh, I actually started watching this film because it was one of my mom's favorites back in you know 98 when it came out 97 98 somewhere in there uh but it was her favorite movie and it quickly became my favorite movie (laughs) basically i've been watching this movie for 25 years (laughs) Uh, we are (laughs) okay but like it's still so good. <laughs> and I mean, Sandy and Nicole have like the best chemistry. It's so good with them. It really is. They do have good chemistry. Was like late 90s Sandra Bullock and Nicole came in the hottest they ever were? Because I'm pretty sure that's positive. Oh my correct. God. Nicole is so hot in this movie. I mean, yes, they are fully just both so hot in this movie. Like. Like the most stunning creatures ever. <laughs> Witchcraft. Yes. Between Nicole Kidman and this and Nicole Kidman and Moulin Rouge, it is a wonder that I have a thing for redheads. Yeah. And Sandy <laughs> and this and Sandy and Miss Congeniality, like, they were getting it. Yes, absolutely. I was just going to say, I did not love Miss Congeniality when I watched it. Clayton finally made me watch it. We've been talking about it forever, and I, I I'm gonna have to give it another chance because I just, I it was, I did not find it that funny. Definitely give it another <laughs> chance. I think it's hysterical, but you know, different, uh, different strokes for, for different folks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife Elle actually didn't like Miss Congeniality the first time she watched it either. She had to do a rewatch, and then she liked it. All right, I only got the one watch in. We'll have to do a second. <laughs> but you can skip yeah, the sequel. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> It is rough. Sean, what's your relationship to Practical Magic? Well, I actually didn't see Practical Magic until later in my life um, because my best friend, who is currently on with us, uh, she was talking about her favorite movies, and I went, oh, I've never seen that. And she stopped what she was doing and got her DVD copy and gave it to me to watch. (laughs) And I fell in love with it. This movie's a lot of... It's just a lot of fun. There's a lot of heart to it. Um, it, It's a little tonally off at points. Like, there's too many tones it's trying to juggle. Um, But for the most part, it's just a fun movie. And it's actually become one of my mom and sister's favorites, too. Because they ended up watching it with me. 
That is precious. I <laughs> do not have that type of relationship with Practical Magic. I did see it as a teenager or a young adult at some point, but I did not remember anything about it and had never watched it again until you picked it for the podcast. And I'm really glad you made me do that because I had fun. Yeah, it's definitely a fun watch. <laughs> Definitely. So I take it from your guys' reactions, you would recommend the movie? Absolutely. Totally. I mean, I think I kind of have. <laughs> <laughs> you got at least one person to watch it. <laughs> yeah. And that one person became two people, so there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're spreading this like the plague. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a little witch in all of us, so, you know, everybody should enjoy this. I agree. I think it's just, uh, it's got a lot of fun, a lot of vibes. Fall vibes, too, even though it's supposed to take place in, what, March. what did you say? It takes place in March. <laughs> because it's a little early yes. for roses, well, right? Well, that, that's when the letter is dated. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I was. I always just feel this movie. Has Tell me you've seen this movie a million times without telling me you've seen this movie a million times. <laughs> yeah, I've I've probably watched it ten times in the last five years, and still I don't think I ever noticed that. I literally just I was like, oh, this well, is such a Sean, fall movie. How many of those times were you listening to the movie and playing The Sims? So. Eight out of ten. You know what? You <laughs> be quiet. Just saying. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> but true. <laughs> Probably most of them. I, it's how I focus. <laughs> you focus so well, you didn't even see a detail on a letter. <laughs> Did you see the detail on the letter? <laughs> Fuck no, they killed Diana. <laughs> And that's just um, me being a nerd. Don't worry. Sean, take us to this production before I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I said that's just me being a nerd. Don't worry. <laughs> We're nerds together. That's that's the best part about it. Alrighty, but let's get into the production of it. So the movie was directed by Griffin Dunn, Robin by written by Robin Swigger, um, who Clayton, you'll actually be pretty happy with this because. Um, She's actually written some of your favorites, uh, Little Women, 94. Oh, I love Little Women. I know you do. That's why I wrote it. Matilda, which <laughs> I know is not one of your favorites, but is It's a, a recent movie. favorite. I never was allowed to watch that as a kid, and so I watched it for the first time this year, and I loved it. Oh, Matilda's good. It's been years since I've seen it, but it is good. Memoirs it of Geisha. Oh, Memoirs of Geisha such a good adaptation. And The oh, Curious anyway. Case of Benjamin Button. I love... All of those that I've seen, so I guess it makes sense. <laughs> right. Um, Akiva Goldman and Adam Brooks were also writers, and it's based on the novel by Alice Hoffman, who I know, Brie, you've read the entire series. Yes, of books, and I actually correct. just finished a reread of Practical Magic in anticipation of Oh, this. good. You're a, you're a practical okay. magic expert. You're... You're practically the practical hey, magic expert. Did you guys know they actually had... Uh-huh workshop Did that shot they actually had a uh, real witch on site to uh consult with no them? i did not yeah that's cool it is that's kind of awesome is this why sandra bullock and nicole kinman still look so amazing they were they like hey you <laughs> they help, became friends help girl out you know that could be <laughs> 
Um, yes. I feel like it, I feel like they're just nice people. I feel like they would have totally they would have been like, yes, here have immortality. Um, <laughs> Alrighty, an unexpected issue that director Griffin Dunn encountered was the number of takes the lead actresses needed to complete each scene. Sandra Bullock would generally finish in two to three takes, but since Nicole Kidman had just finished with Stanley Kubrick on Eyes Wide Shut, she was used to doing 70 or 80 takes for a single scene. And, oh my god, it must be awful to work for that man. Yeah. Uh, couldn't do it. That sounds Yeah, terrible. I was gonna say. I mean, brilliant filmmaker. Sounds awful to work for. <laughs> I feel like at a certain point, I'd be like, I don't even know what I'm acting anymore. It's just like, what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> You're like Julie James and I know what you did this summer. What do you want? This is just real life. <laughs> what, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I stood here naked 80 million times. What do you want my nipples to do? Dance. <laughs> Uh, I'm just sure somebody asked Julie James that once too. Um, or uh, I mean, Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, according to co-writer Akiva Goldsman, the director's cut was a darker take on the material, and due to the marketing of Warner Brothers and extensive editing, it finally ended up a different version. Unfortunately, Goldsman lost his copy of the original cut. You know, I would love to see that. Movie. That sounds absolutely amazing to me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the 90s wouldn't have been the right time for that. Right. Well, this movie was already a flop. I feel like it would have flopped harder, but it would be more cult classic mm-hmm. now. Like, it's already a cult classic, but, like, I feel like if a darker cut came out, like, this would be revered. Well, I mean, even with the movie that we got, it is kind of ahead of its time in some ways. So they should have just gone with the darker take because it's not like this movie was super successful anyway. Right. But I think you're right. I think, but the nineties weren't like known for their dark. Like generally everything kind of ended happy (laughs) in the nineties. Like you had darker stories, but most of them do kind of, you know, have happy endings and more joyful tones. Um, not looking at Candyman, uh, but <laughs> dropped at gorgeous came out in ninety nine, and that movie. <laughs> okay, but Amber Atkins wins. Okay, and she becomes just as famous as as Diane, whatever her name Diane is, Diane Sawyer. Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, technically there is a happy ending for that one. Also, that movie flopped big time. <laughs> yeah. that's the dark yeah, ending like, doesn't really hold I, up on being I a was, success that's why i'm like um you're picking the wrong one <laughs> um but yeah i think this would be a fascinating director's cut after bad reactions at a test screening composer michael nyman's score was rejected at the last minute for being and being called too european sounding and obtrusive which Automatically, I need to find what this is because um, I want to know what score sounds too European and obtrusive. Well, you know, find one of those soundtrack albums, right? Um, and so it was replaced by one by Alan Silvestri, and the change was made so late that the soundtrack albums had already been pressed, and as a result, the first batch to hit stores all had two suites of themes from Nyman's score. 
and then a new CD was released with the same ISBN number, replacing Nyman's tracks with Silvestri's music. Could you imagine you're like, you go to one of these audience screenings and you get your little note cards and enough people are like, this, sounds European. this score is too European sounding and obtrusive. Like, that's one of your comments on the movie. Like, who does that? I just want to know what kind of, like, what kind of European, like, is it like, was, was this like a full on like Euro trash, like euro dance right. kind of thing <laughs> like did this did this sound like <laughs> never gonna be a breakaway <laughs> pop hit i i have no idea i'm just very very curious and i think that's very funny i just can't believe that somebody put that on the note like enough people were like i don't know about this score that they were like oh we gotta hire somebody else before we get this thing out i just imagine like the scene where like Jimmy Angeloff puts the blindfold on Nicole Kidman. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and that is my headcanon for that. Um, <laughs> okay, according to Sandra Bullock in the commentary, the scene where Jillian and Sally get drunk with their aunts and sling insults, the actresses actually got drunk. They were drinking some very bad tequila that Nicole Kidman brought. Which I just want to get drunk with all four of those women. That sounds Absolutely. like a that would be so time. much fun. Like that would be great. <laughs> Knowing that factoid, watching that scene, you're just like, mm-hmm, that tracks. <laughs> Nobody's that good of an actor. <laughs> yeah, drunk is hard. <laughs> uh, in the scene where they lay Jimmy's dead body on the table to resurrect him, you can hear Nicole Kidman's Australian accent come through when she says, "Sally watches balls." You can also see Jimmy break character and slightly smirk. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> uh, just a little bit of the cast. We've got Sandra Bullock as Sally Owens. Nicole Kidman as Jillian Owens. Stocker Channing as Aunt Franny. Uh, Diane Weist as Aunt Bridget or Jet. Aiden Quinn as Detective Gary Hallett. Gorn Viznik Jimmy An- as Jimmy Angelov. Um, and Evan Rachel Wood, baby Evan Rachel Wood, as Sally's daughter, Kylie. Oh, love baby Evan Rachel Wood. And Alexander R. Tripp as Antonia Owens, the younger daughter. Also, Camilla Bell plays uh, baby Sally, which I think is funny. I can't funny. believe you're mentioning Camilla Bell. Oh, your hate for Camilla Bell Wait, doesn't make do her any Camilla less Bell? of a famous actress. Well. <sighs> is it because she has, he like, one facial eyes. expression and that's it? <laughs> Yeah, that too. But it's mainly the yeah, eyebrows. <laughs> that, and I just had such a visceral reaction to when a stranger oh calls. I've just hated her ever since. <laughs> Which, understandably, it's not good. Like, and obviously, like, that's not her fault entirely. But yeah, i just not a fan. <laughs> and uh, between that and, uh, God, that whatever that 10,000 BC or whatever the fuck that movie was. Between both of those in close succession, I'm just like, I'm just not going to give a shit about anything she ever does ever again. And I've stuck with that. And so knowing that she is young Sandra Bullock really annoyed me. Uh, after you pointed that out to me, Sean, and I noticed that it was her, I'm just like, ugh, every time she was on screen. Oh my god, she's like six. Give her a break in this. <laughs> like, her eyebrows aren't that big yet oh my god and i know what she becomes <laughs> when clayton holds a grudge he holds a grudge 
much. I can tell. I know. <laughs> well, like Reese Witherspoon said in Big Little Lies, I love my grudges. I tend to them like little plants. <laughs> Make sure they grow up nice and strong. I just love the fact that you can bring Big Little Lies into a conversation like this. This is funny. That's <laughs> what I do. I love my HBO. <laughs> you do love your HBO. Alrighty. Were you guys ready to get into the uh, plot points of this? Yeah. Or the kind of discussion? Yeah. Alrighty. So we start off with a hanging. <laughs> <laughs> Every good story yeah. should start with a hanging. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that's a really dark version of The Lion King. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 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 the one that started with a hanging and then ends with Muf- like Mufasa dies halfway through. Like you really just hate children. Oh my god! Like this is this is so true though. Clayton, children are not they're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, you know it's true. It's a little true. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so we do start off with like I said a hanging. Um, it is. With voiceover by Stalker Channing. Also, can every movie start off with voiceover by Stalker Channing? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I would like every day to start off with a voiceover by Stalker Channing because I love that woman. She does. She is amazing. No, Brie loves Stalker Channing. Like, loves Stalker Channing. Like, this is basically... There are worse things I can do. Love (laughs) Stalker Channing. could. It's could do. It is. <laughs> what did I say? It's a can do. Oh, whatever. <laughs> You're going to sing a song, sing it right. <laughs> um, and we start off with, for more than 200 years, we Owens women have been blamed for everything that has ever gone wrong in this town. And honestly, isn't that kind of the same for women everywhere? It really Especially is. Especially back in those, you know, witchcraft trial eras. Right. Like, oh my God, she can read a book. Burner. <laughs> which <laughs> i always say if i had been born like I, probably at least even a hundred years earlier i would be very dead <laughs> same <laughs> clayton would just be like there's no wi-fi <laughs> i'm just going oh, to no, lay down and die f- i would die for sleeping with some when i shouldn't and Hey, it was the Wild West. As long as, long as you could, if you can draw your gun faster, you can do whatever you want. I'm so. There's a woman that yeah, let die. me buy a gun. <laughs> yeah. Is the problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like in the Wild West, you'd be able to have a gun. Everybody had my uh, way to bring back miscongeniality. It's Texas. Everyone has a gun. My florist has a gun. <laughs> it's true, though. I'm sure you could get a gun. Kissing Kate Barlow got a gun. Weird. I don't know where that came from. That is from, from holes. <laughs> Any Annie Oakley had a gun. Like where I have no idea why I okay, thought Okay, but that. whereas like every single man had a gun, you've so far named two and one of them is a fictional character. <laughs> I'm just gonna point this out right now. I I stand by my <laughs> statement. Yeah. I was going to say, all you had to do was ride with a guy and let him get bit by a rattlesnake or get dysentery. Haven't you played the Orca Trail? <laughs> so I would have died on dis. I would have died on- of dysentery because, as we all know, anyone who listens to this podcast or has met me, I like to eat ass. I would 100% be dead of dysentery in the olden days. Oh my God. That's more of a C diff, but okay. 
Terrible. <laughs> you, you would, you would die. <laughs> Honestly, you would just give up. You wouldn't even like. I, I yeah, I wouldn't I, try. You had to have a intense well to live back in the day. <laughs> You're like, I have to catch an animal and kill it and skin it and then like cook it. Like that's just too much work. I need a TV dinner. Clayton gets tired. <laughs> Can we deliver? Clay, Clay, Clayton would be all like, "Why is there nothing already made?" <laughs> I would be pretty much the embodiment of Emma Roberts and Scream Queens. <laughs> If I had to live in a challenging oh time period, so I know I know you've never seen it, Clayton. But uh, Brie, have you seen Spaceballs? I yes, remember. I've seen Spaceballs. I've seen Spaceballs. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize you saw Spaceballs. But like, I'll Clayton, the princess always reminds me of Clayton, especially when they're in the <laughs> desert and everyone's like water, water, and then like the robot's like oil, oil, and the princess is like room service, yes. <laughs> room service. <laughs> And that is legitimately uh, what I think of every time I think not of Clayton. Wrong. <laughs> like every time she says it, I'm like, yeah, that'd be Clayton. Like room service. <laughs> room service. <laughs> okay, but back to practical magic. Um, so Maria is being accused of witchcraft and is about to be hanged. Um, and she ends up kind of, you know, taking her matters into her own hands and steps off, which I think is insane because they try and stop her. Like, we're going to hang you, but you only get to die when we say it. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, men wanting to control women has <laughs> been a thing since the beginning of time. And even now they're like, no, we're telling you what to do. We're taking control of your body. So it's not like things have changed. Yeah, so that's it. I kind of tracks. Right. <laughs> it really does. Um, and Maria's rope breaks and everyone freaks out because rightfully so she's a witch um i didn't know she could fly i think it's because she's a witch uh, <laughs> um, she's just hovering it's not that impressive <laughs> <laughs> oh my god how many witch jokes are we gonna make on this this is great because like mine came I mean, from the rugrats movie body joke, which, is, not. <laughs> which is an in joke for me brie and her wife l yes. um and you brought up Jennifer's body, which is just always oh, great. Like, I love this. This is just going to be it fantastic. Um, but yeah, so she escapes, ends up being banished to an island, and is pregnant with one of her lover's babies, and puts a curse on her bloodline that if any of them, a man falls in love with them, he's doomed to die. Well, I mean, it didn't start out as a curse. She cast a spell on herself to never again feel the agony of love. And I mean, relatable. And uh, then it grew so strong it became a curse. Because men are the worst. But can we, can I just... Men really are the worst. That chimney, though. Like, girl had some upper body strength to build that <laughs> chimney before she giving birth. it up. They floated down from a ceiling. I'm sure she just <laughs> was like, bloop it up with her magic. Yeah. It's a lever and pulley system. I mean, she was the original. I feel like the magic gets more like diluted with time with time. And so if Sandra Bullock can like just stir her coffee or whatever without even like paying attention or working on her shit, I feel like Maria could magic together a chimney without much trouble. 
And she just kind of leaned the ladder up against it to make it like. That's my headcanon. Seem like she was working on it. I mean, she's banished on an island. I feel like nobody's going to pay attention. And she already has <laughs> been hanged for being a witch. So fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. So, and then we follow down the line to a woman who looks a lot like Evan Rachel Wood. But it's not Evan Rachel Wood. I feel like the mom looks so much like Evan Rachel Wood. Like, now. I, I can think of what the mom looked like, but I can't think of what Evan Rachel Wood looks like. <laughs> clearly we don't have a westworld fan Uh, no yeah so we followed down the line to a very young jillian sally and their parents end up dying from the curse well her dad dies from the curse and her mother dies of a broken heart like natalie portman would in a couple years although i think in the book it's a little bit more uh yeah, in the Tragic, book, the uh, parents went out for a second honeymoon, and while they were away, the cabin that they were staying in caught fire. Um, Sally wasn't described as, like, I think it was five, about five years old, um, and the babysitter became so distraught that Sally had to take the phone and speak with the police and... Uh, take care of everything and sort out where she and her sister were going to be going like it was traumatic in the wow. book she called the ants it's hard yeah. to get good help in the these book, days she called the ants and said listen you have to take us in or we're so gonna basically they had the babysitter from Amityville horror got it basically. <laughs> yes i mean you're not wrong <laughs> But also, like, I'm just judging them for taking a second honeymoon because it's greedy. One thing I wanted to talk about, though. Are they supposed to be twins? No. In this movie? No. They're about a year apart. Because, are they? Okay, because sometimes it kind of feels like they're twins. Sometimes it kind of doesn't. Like, uh, clearly not identical. But I mean, like, fraternal twins. (laughs) Like. Oh, I never thought that once. Yeah, no, they're just Just very close in age. Gotcha. Okay, that makes more sense. But yes, so we see baby Camilla Bell and the girl who plays her sister uh, move into the house where they have chocolate cake for breakfast and never bother with silly little things like bedtime for brushing their teeth. So it just makes me horrified for their dentist. I don't think they were You know, maybe they just put a spell on their teeth. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And as we watch them, as we're watching them grow up, they discover... um, that their aunts basically sell love spells to people and they watch one of them happen, which includes the, uh, sticking a needle into a dove and you (laughs) take her money. (laughs) You see young Sally say, I hope I never fall in love. And you see young Jilly say, I can't wait to fall in love, which I think is the most perfect representation of these two characters ever. Honestly, it really is. I laughed so hard my first watch of this <laughs> when that happened. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> it's really <Yeah>. cute. <laughs> it's really the dreamy way that little Jilly is like, I can't wait to fall in love. <laughs> it's wonderful, <laughs> wonderful stuff. After years of being taunted um, because they are witches by everyone in the town, uh, Jilly With the said- extremely original witch witch you're a bitch yeah that honestly that's a you'd be surprised that the parents let their kids say that 
<laughs> I feel like the parents don't know that the kids are saying that, or they're just like, yeah, that's right. They are I witch bitches. I feel like the parents were also saying it, and it's basically just been yeah. the normal in the town for forever. You see an Owens woman, you right. chant witch witch, you're a bitch at her. <laughs> it's like that one uh, bridge we have in town that you always duck your head under because, you know, it's supposed to cut off your head if you don't. It's just something you do. Right. Doesn't make any sense. You just do it. Modern superstition. Good old traditions. <laughs> Modern superstition. Gotta love it. <laughs> but yes, so after years of this, Jillian decides to leave with a hunky hunk. And a sad Sally. She's <laughs> <laughs> just a sad she, Sally. Are you sad being a sad Sally? Sally? That's all I'm going to say. Sad Sorry Sally. Saying that no. to you. Um, so, and a sad Sally uh, ends up performing a blood spell with her? I don't know. Um, where they just cut each other's hands. And say, my blood, your blood, our blood. Which will come back in. I think it was probably just meant to be like a uh, a blood promise kind of deal. Right. Not like a spell. Like a ritual. Yeah, got it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so Jilly and uh, Sally part ways. And Jilly goes off to see the world and <laughs> by the world lots of penises she, she, <laughs> lots of guys <laughs> lots of guys lots of florida apparently <laughs> yeah um and sally stays with her aunts and just laments the fact that she can't have a normal life being normal isn't a virtue in fact it rather <laughs> okay. denotes a lack of courage <laughs> Patience is a virtue. Um, sorry, that's from the mummy. That's what I think of whenever anyone says a virtue. I'm all like, patience is a virtue. <laughs> Not right now, it isn't. Um, okay, sorry. Back to back to practical magic. Um, but yeah, after lamenting the fact that she can't have a normal life, she and Mark Feuerstein end up eye-fucking each other in the street. And then... Okay, Sean, but you forgot to mention the love spell. Amas Veritas. Oh, crap, I did forget to mention the love spell. <laughs> I mean, we can't overlook that scene. I love it That's so much. That's very true. It's like, very it's, cute. It's definitely it's it's a, it's kind of a big plot point if you think about it. I mean, I honestly, mean, <laughs> it is. But I mean, you could kind of bring it up when it actually comes into effect. But you're right; it is a good time to mention it, considering this is a good. Uh, this is when the spell is performed, conjured, cast. so we see you know little sally i hope i never fall in love little jillian i can't wait to fall in love then immediately goes into sally uh performing this love spell for herself the impossible love spell the impossible love spell she the man she dreamed up doesn't exist so she'll never die of a broken heart 
or yes, does he? Because her parents, because her aunts don't care about her schoolwork, she never learns that heterochromia is a thing, and people can have two <laughs> different color eyes. <laughs> that was. But I feel like this is a weird combo of skipped. things. <laughs> <laughs> Like, to have that, and ride a horse backwards, and be able to flip pancakes, and love stars. I mean, it's... What are the odds? And, of course, I mean, being like, marvelous. I can do, like, kind. 90% of those, except for ride a horse. <laughs> See, backwards. you are not her perfect man. No. No. Sorry, Sandy. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, she's, she's a little too... Uh, a little too much. <laughs> she seems needy. She seems needy. Oh my god. <laughs> she does. She's just like. I think you I would really appreciate someone clinging, Sean. I think you would actually find that quite charming. Hmm. As Maybe. the person that probably knows side. you best, <laughs> um, you I would love it would until that. it annoyed you, and then yep. you'd be so done <laughs> exactly. with it. <laughs> I would literally be like, have you ever seen The Grinch? <laughs> like, the animated one? Yeah. Where, like, Max is, like, wrapped around the Grinch's head and when they're going down the mountain and he has to, like, peel him off. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I feel I would be. <laughs> you would be Not A-OK Max, but... with the clinging right up until it annoyed you once. And as soon as that happened, it would need to be done. Because <laughs> every time it would happen after that, you would think of how much you hated it. Yeah, I can't handle clingy even. It would just annoy me immediately. So. I was about to say read that bitch, but I'm the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bitch in all of us as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. I you are not wrong. I would I would love it until I hated it. <laughs> yep. And trust me, Brie knows what she's talking about. She's probably one of the people that knows me best in the world. Is it horrifying? Uh, <laughs> it can be. I mean, I'm sure it can be for everybody. <laughs> okay, I just want to say, I'm... Thanks, I'm... <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay. I mean, everyone's everyone, right? I don't know, maybe we just cut that out. <laughs> everyone has some... <laughs> Uh, and Ashani, thank you everyone for listening to our practical magic. Being your friend is a gift. Is that better? <laughs> thank you everyone for listening to our practical magic episode where my former best friend Bree came on to talk about her best movie. Oh, <laughs> to talk about her favorite movie. Is this my birthday present? No, You're breaking up with me. Happy birthday. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know I love you. You know I um, love you too. So. Speaking of love. Speaking of love, let's bring this back in. Yeah, Sandy. Uh, Sandy is a cute boy, and uh, aunties take notice. Yes. Sees a cute boy more like I fucks him in the street. <laughs> After airing every, after Aunt Jen airs everybody's dirty laundry on that street. Yes, he's having an affair with the, with the babysitter. She can eat a pound cake in under a minute. Same though, honestly. 
You know yes. when Abu and Aladdin like angrily eats the bread instead of sharing yeah. it. <laughs> That's me with cake. Oh my gosh. I glare around like I'm in prison, daring someone to touch it as I eat my chocolate furiously. Um, oh God. It's even worse with sushi. I bet. Anyway, but okay, like uh, even if I was a person living in you know their little small town island, Whidbey Island in Washington State, um. I'd be pretty pissed off if someone was airing my dirty laundry in the middle of the freaking road, too. <laughs> like. Well, but they're all walking away from them, so they can't hear it. <laughs> yeah. Because which? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe maybe there's something behind that one. <laughs> but, I mean, she is trying to be friendly, and they're still mean to everyone. I really appreciate good old stalker Channing being just like, give it a rest. Just scare them. Scare the children. But uh, aunties take notice that she sees a cute boy and uh, they decide to give him a little push. Just a little push. And then we have, yeah. in my opinion, one of the best introductions into a song in a movie. This kiss, <laughs> this kiss. Oh, you mean like that is the most... Like, if anything dates this movie more than the outfits do, it is this song. But I love it oh so much. <laughs> you don't love the late 90s super long skirts? <laughs> oh, I, the long skirts with the, like... Ugh. With the cami. <laughs> yes. With the matching camisole top with a matching cover. Yeah, I had no. so many of those. It always reminds child. me of... I know. It's basically what Julie James is wearing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a very specific yes. period of life. <laughs> it truly is. It takes me back. I love the 90s so much. And uh, Sandy gets together with uh, her super hot husband and pops out a couple kids. Ugh. And uh, is super happy. And meanwhile, Nicole Kidman's off living her best life and meets a hottie herself. Jimmy Angela. Angela. <laughs> Angela. 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 Like, oh my God, how many times do you need to say it? A lot. <laughs> also, what was his original name? It was uh, James it Angelo. Ugh, that's awful. I'm glad they made it Angela. <laughs> which is nowhere near as cool as James Angela if I, I will give it that <laughs> <laughs> let's add a nice little V and, hey uh, it works it does and it does sound more uh, <laughs> Bulgaria where, where is he from <laughs> Bulgaria sexual Transylvania um, <laughs> yeah I love how torrid it seems. I mean, I just want to meet somebody who immediately comes up and blindfolds me. I mean, I feel like that would set off some red flags, but as we all know, I love red flags. I'm like, sweet. I love red. When you're wearing rose-colored glasses, all the flags just look like flags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, poor colorblind people. And um, how does it work out with Sandy and her super hot husband? Well, great, until it doesn't. And that Death Watch beetle comes and 
she's trying to catch it by completely destroying their house. Um, also, she rips how... up that floor fast. Yeah, she does. Is that why? Is that why they have to move in with the ants? <laughs> because she, she destroyed the house. Their for house. A beetle. She's just like, oh, I'm not fixing it. <laughs> just just solid it, as yeah. is. Like... <laughs> it's like a puzzle. Uh, but no, he is walk walking across a road, and fifty fifty men on bikes basically just ride by him, and then someone another truck ends up like plowing through him and he unfortunately dies also how the fuck did that truck where not see did him? that truck I even don't know. come from like it comes from because he's like facing so my the last dude. watch of it i was watching this scene very carefully to try to like understand the logistics of it and how this truck didn't see him and so the conclusion i came to is that it was like the beginning of resident evil uh two and the trucker is like searching for something on the floor and just um plows on through it has to be i guess because like yeah because there's literally 50 bikers on the road four seconds before this man and that's in an intersection like you know there was a stop sign there but also i mean i would much rather be taken out by a truck than like get killed by 50 bikers because that's just (laughs) embarrassing (laughs) I, yeah, I guess the truck would would be easier way to go. Hopefully, he died quickly. <laughs> and also, just less embarrassing to tell people about, like, oh, how'd your husband die? He got ran over by a group of bikers. Oh, motorcycles? No, bicycles. bicycles. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> what a lame way to go. But no, he gets taken out by a truck, and um, it's very very sad because he was very hot. <laughs> And so they move in with the ants, which, cool. I want to go live with the ants. And Sandra's very, very sad, although she does not look nearly rough enough to be extremely depressed. But There's the 90s and I just love the pretty. rules that Sandra, you know, really lays down as soon as they move in. You know, there'll be no brownies for breakfast, <laughs> homework do your right homework. after dinner. <laughs> you know, and my children will never know magic. And as soon as she says that, you're like, mm-hmm. I bet your children okay. will know all the magic. <laughs> also, I just hate the fact that she's so hypocritical about it. Like, not to bring it up now, but like, you kind of watch the movie of watching her like use magic, and like, maybe it is a little mindless, but you're still using magic. Like, you clearly see that your cup is stirring yeah. itself. Like, you, you know. Well, Sean, to quote another 90s classic, <clears throat> everybody does it. It's just that nobody talks about it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I love cruel intentions. <laughs> As you should. Cruel intentions is phenomenal. <laughs> I love it so much. And uh, Jillian comes to help her snap out of it so she can be a mom. And in in the books it was uh it was more of a phone call. She refused to, you know, cross back over the Mississippi because of her you know, trauma from living with the aunts, but every Tuesday she would call and just talk to Sally on the phone while Sally did not speak for a year. Must have been a boring phone call. (laughs) 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 Maybe. Oh, I figured it out. That's why they're writing letters later because Sally wouldn't talk. (laughs) (laughs) We finally figured it out. (laughs) 
Of course, that's not going to make any sense because they don't know that conversation because we haven't had it yet. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> timey wimey. Spoilers. <laughs> so for anyone listening, this is our second time recording the Practical Magic. Um, and we had a heated conversation about the merits of writing letters. <laughs> yeah. Sean got really mad at us. <laughs> I wasn't mad. I was not mad. Sean went just... on a five to seven minute long tirade about the art of letter writing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that writing letters is is a good way to say things that you can't say out loud. That's we all know. that I'll get into this time. <laughs> okay, okay, Clayton, Clayton, I, I have a birthday request for you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to need you to cut out that entire letter tyroid, tirade and just put it at the end of this episode. I will do my best because I have to see with my audio being gone for our first try. I will see if I can cut out a section where Sean's just ranting. <laughs> put it I was not ranting. There was no rant. I have no idea what you two are talking about. They are clearly, trying to guess. Clearly you have to prove this. Yeah. Honestly, there I... was no rant. I don't know what these two are trying to do. Very solid ranting. You you were getting a little shrill there, Sean. Uh, No, I don't think so. I, I do not think so. I was not. Either one of us remembers this wrong, or two of us remembers this wrong. Uh, Sean basically was like a really angry version of like flames, flames on the side of my face. Like, you know what? I feel like he was bright red. Just like, I was not. Oh my God. Flies are where men are most vulnerable. How many husbands have you had? Mine or other women's. Oh uh, anyway, practical men magic. Sh- not men should clue. be like Kleenex. Soft, <laughs> Soft strong, strong, and disposable. And disposable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, one day we are covering Clue, and <laughs> we it are will literally Clue. just going to be us quoting the movie, I'm sure. <laughs> That's amazing. Please allow me because... to be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> that is with. Is it with Jonathan? Yeah. Damn. Be faster, Brie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, practical magic. She comes to visit and tells Sandy her breath stank. (laughs) And that's real sisterhood right there. It really is. And I love that as she says this, Sandra Willock opens her mouth wide and laughs right in her face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, real sisterhood. Yeah, I don't have a sibling, so I don't get it. But I was just like, that's funny and rude. And I also do not believe Sandra Bullock has ever had bad breath in her life. (laughs) I will say this has I love this whole sequence where they're sitting talking in the bedroom and Nicole Kidman's telling her about Jimmy Angela. Sometimes we just stay up all night worshiping each other. Like, like that. <laughs> and describing him as has this whole Dracula cowboy thing about him. But yeah, uh, I want to find someone who stays up all night worshiping me like bats. 
Um, and also, <laughs> Nicole would know about Bats because she had just been in Batman and Robin. <laughs> no, Batman forever. Oh, whatever. They all run together. No, they don't. Uh, yes, Batman forever. <laughs> Batman forever is Two-Face and, and the Riddler. Batman and Robin is uh, Poison the super Ivy gay one. and Mr. Freeze. <laughs> And George Clooney's homosexual Batman. Yes. I did just recently rewatch all the Batman movies, so they've started, they've just kind of like formed this incoherent like glob in my head. Oh no, I want to rewatch all the Batman movies. <laughs> There's so many of them. So many of them. Okay, no, I'm sorry. I want to rewatch and... the 90s Batman movies. Like. Oh, okay. That's. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to watch the original Batman from 89? No. Uh... Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Technically part of the 90s Batman. Yes. <laughs> uh, my, Batman's really good. Batman Returns is my favorite like Batman movie ever. I have a soft spot in my heart for Batman forever. And Batman and Robin is just stupid fun. Which Emphasis we will actually be stupid. going on a podcast to talk about in October. So yeah. Fun. Emphasis on stupid. <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, it's Thurman, stupid. I- icon. Uh, I... If... Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Mr. Freeze and he has lines like, he needed to chill out. Uh, Yes. (laughs) But we are not talking about Batman and Robin. We are talking about Practical Magic. You're the one who brought up Batman. Speaking of... I did. It was just supposed to be a one-off comment. He starts... See, that's the thing. He starts the tangents and then he's like, well, gotta reel it back in. (laughs) 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 He's like, I have a hex guys. to put on someone in 45 minutes. <laughs> and uh, Sean, uh, go back to the letter one. Clayton and I both stopped talking for a solid three, four minutes. It was not that long. If anything, it was like 45 seconds. Oh, you're so wrong for that. Uh, you also thought the Kiwi colloquialism was 25 seconds, and that was a solid two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Brie knows this because I sent her the blooper. Exactly. Yeah, that I'm one sorry, has proof. Until you can prove it. this one, I'm going with my story. <laughs> All right, I will. I will prove it. Uh, speaking of hexes, Evan Rachel Wood puts one on a child, and it's wonderful. Yes, she does. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why you're bringing up this point for this movie. But <laughs> <laughs> I love the chicken pox hex. <laughs> Uh, yes, it is funny that Kylie ends up casting a spell on one of the awful children for him to get chicken pox, which is nice because, I mean, she could have said herpes. Um, <laughs> Do you think she knew about herpes? Like, I'm over here like, okay, there's that know. dark version right there. <laughs> she could have been all like, Newt, <laughs> Salamander. I hope you get a Salamander. Are you wishing a pet No, like, turned him into a salamander. No. I mean, like, I feel like she could just be like, I mean, this magic is not really defined. She could just be all like, I don't know. (laughs) Bunny rabbit. (laughs) Yeah, the magic is very ill-defined. It's like, you could use it to stir your coffee, you can wish chicken pox on somebody, or you can bring someone back from the dead. Like... (laughs) There doesn't seem to necessarily be a skill curve. It's funny that you bring up a bunny because Why in the books they have a cousin who was fighting against being a witch and turned herself into a rabbit by mistake. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, these books are crazy, aren't they? They are. I know, I'm like, I kind of There's a lot these. of, like, little one-offs like that. Does she get turned back, or is she just bunny forever? Um, they don't say. Oh, that's something I would need to know. <laughs> you just kind of leave like, it off that, it, yep, she's a bunny. Is this an Amy and Buffy situation? I is was she just literally a about forever? to say, remember when Amy got turned into a rat? <laughs> Like, is she just, I mean, I know she comes back in the comic series and is like a villain, but like, we don't know that in the end of the series. She's just still a rat. Yeah. <laughs> also, who has her? I don't know. Maybe I that's why she came back as a villain. Gets destroyed. Nobody checked on the bunny. <laughs> Except for bunnies. Um, <laughs> I know she's a, a rat, but yeah, we'll go with it. Yeah. I, I understood it. It's fine. People will be able to follow that. So I feel like we do have to mention the letters. Please don't get triggered, Sean. <laughs> don't get triggered. Sandy Bullock does write a letter to her sister Jillian, played by Nicole Kidman, and uh, tells her how alone she feels in the world, and she just wants to be loved, and she just bummed out and sends her a letter. Which I still don't know why she sends her a letter because I feel like Nicole Kidman gets around in this movie. So whatever. And uh, intimate thoughts can get found by other people who should not be reading them. Don't open people's mail. Everyone. Also, you can forward your mail. Well, like, when do you, you think Nicole Kidman place? is the type that when she moves to a different boyfriend, she like goes to the post office? <laughs> in the 90s? Yes. Okay, but in that. the book, she did. How else would you keep a correspondence? There were. Oh, they had no idea. Yeah, she there was. were a lot of comments made about letters getting returned to sender because Jillian had already moved on, so they never reached her. Oh. I don't know. Maybe it's just a one-off letter. We don't know for sure. There's Maybe not she was just more like doing it. Like I need to get these thoughts out. I'm sending them into the void. Jillian's never gonna read it. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> also in the book, I'm just gonna say to it's on here. Point, in the book, uh, when they're fighting, Jillian really does go. Why would you even send a letter? Like, she doesn't get it either. <laughs> hey, but sometimes, like you said, it's just talking to the void. <laughs> Take that, Bedbridge scholars. Uh, I just needed to say that again. Um, what happens next in this wonderful story that is all over the place, just like this episode? Um, this is when she so basically after this is when they get a call from Jillian who Jimmy has punched her and she's now scared for her life so Sally goes to go rescue her leaves the kitties with the ants and mentions she does not want them dancing naked under the light of the full moon nudity is completely (laughs) optional as you will remember as you will remember (laughs) <laughs> that has been one of my favorite lines since my yes. first watch <laughs> well and so when we get to Jillian out at her hotel um, Sally is rescuing her but <laughs> which Jillian... I have to mention hotels you can generally not send mail to <laughs> well but she says they've been driving around for two weeks so she doesn't say like they just move. She just said we've been like driving around for two weeks. Like ah yes, the good old car post office. <laughs> yes. Well, I just mean like it didn't say they gave up where he was living. Like they just said they were driving around in circles for two weeks. Like he's trying not to get caught for a murder. Which 
in the books. Classic. That's exactly what's happening. Right. And he gave peyote to some college kids. He gave peyote to some college kids? Is that what you just said? Yes. Well, it's not they die. Yes. Oh, shit. Well. Never had peyote. I feel like it'd be too intense for me, but, you know, bucket list. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, so Jillian and Sally are trying to get out, um, trying to take her back home, and Jillian sees that there's blood around the moon and realizes she needs her lucky tiger's eye. So she goes in Jimmy's car to get it, but unfortunately, Jimmy's in the back seat With a gun. Yes. And he takes both Jillian and Sally hostage and does his creepy Dracula cowboy bullshit. He does. <laughs> hey, that's the only way I could describe this. When he's just like, you ever hear of Louis L'Amour? <laughs> like, <laughs> also, one of my favorite lines in this whole movie is when Sandy is just like, Louis L'Amour, who is, by the way, is not a foreigner. He's from North Dakota, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, I love that she knew these facts about Louis L'Amour. Like... <laughs> Was your husband a little, like, did you like Louis L'Amour as a child, Sandy? Like, I feel like that's a grandpa thing to read. I feel like um, she's just intelligent. Like, you, maybe she's read him before. I just love maybe how Maybe she saw Dracula Cowboy and looked up there. her Western. Oh, hell yeah. Like, she's so indignant. Wouldn't you, though? <laughs> like, the dude's trying to, like, brand your sister in the backseat. Like, he wasn't trying to brand her yet. Yeah, he was, because he's burning her... He's burning his ring. Oh, not at the Louis L'Amour Yes, moment. he is. Is he? And that's when she swerves it. the car and goes, Louis L'Amour, who's, for, by the way, is not a foreigner. He's from North Dakota, you asshole. You're freaking me out, you Dracula yeah, freak. You're right, you're right. Give me the bottle before I plow you into a truck and t to get you to shut up. I feel like the darker version would have said, shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> that's how it goes in my yeah. head anyway. And uh, she poisons him with some good old belladonna and hope. <laughs> hope. Uh, they were trying to get him to take a nap, and he took a nap forever. It turns into a dirt nap in more yeah. way than one. Because <laughs> she did not yes. use a measuring cup. Yes. Yeah. Which also. Uh, so essentially, Jillian had been using the Belladonna to drug Jimmy to get some sleep whenever, she, so she could get some rest as well. Because that's something. They were up normal. all night worshiping each other like bats. Right. So whenever she needed some sleep, she would slip him some Belladonna and he would sleep it off, which is how she was able to go see Sally when Sally was in her deep sads. Yeah. Good old <laughs> big sad. How long did he sleep? I, I feel like he woke up the next day and was like, what the fuck? My car yeah. gone. <laughs> <laughs> you think she called him from a payphone and was like, hey, sorry, I had to go see my sister. We're <laughs> take sleeping. Take your car. <laughs> yeah. Take your car, thanks. Call Jeff if you need a ride anywhere. When Sandy's hot husband dies, she goes to the aunt and was like, bring him back. I know you can fucking do it. I saw you with the book out when my parents died and I just have to ask, do you think the book was out and the reason they knew people would come back unnatural is because they tried to bring back uh, the mom? No, I don't I think so. Not. 
I think they I think it's in the book because they show you the pictures from the book where it like looks like a evil ghost or something. So I think that it's just something that's been written. Like in. they were looking into it and we're like, oh, this isn't a good idea. Well, it seems like they didn't like not allow them to like touch the book. Like they were allowed to touch the book and do spells and stuff like that. So I'm sure that they got curious and looked through it because when she is when Sandy's trying to bring back her husband Michael, she's like, I found it in there when mommy and daddy died. So oh, I, I thought she said like I said the way she said it, I thought she meant like she saw the aunt looking at it or like it had been out but yeah that would also make sense yeah. that yeah, i took i, I took it as she found it like she was looking through the spell book being like i how do i bring my parents back to life you know like saw it and like just just never ended up bringing it up again yeah i just uh, i had that thought i was like Ooh, i wonder if they brought her mom back and she came back all wrong and they were like we've been through this it's not a good idea but uh jillian brings up like did you try to get the ants to bring back your husband? Like, you know, could we do this? And Senator Bullock's like, uh, I don't know. And Jillian's like, I don't care what he comes back as, as long as he comes back with a pulse. Cause she was like, uh, you know, they said he come, they come back just not right. Yeah. And, hey, come um, back dark and unnatural. Jimmy Hardy is dark and unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's their plan they're like we're gonna bring this guy back so we don't get arrested for murder and um nicole kidman has a wonderful (laughs) moment with jimmy angelov's corpse (laughs) i will get you out of this but when i do we are definitely breaking up and then slaps it (laughs) i just love this is sandra sandy bullock does the best indignation because she's just like what are you doing (laughs) nicole kidman's just like nothing <laughs> Love it. And he comes back and instantly starts to strangle Nicole Kidman and's like, I want you to be my wife. And uh so Sandy takes him out with a frying pan. Good old frying pan. Right? Tangled had the right idea. It's quite a good weapon. I did not think we would be mentioning Tangled in this episode. <laughs> you know, that's what I do. I just threw out the most random things and uh you know the game like eight degrees of and, Kevin Bacon. Um, or six so degrees. he's dead again. We should do six degrees of Claritin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to see <laughs> incidentally sean how many we're like what two degrees away from kevin bacon yeah um <laughs> interesting fun fact yeah i'm pretty sure yeah i'm pretty sure we are didn't we were i was like i know we figured this up at one point yeah, i did I can't... <laughs> I don't, the things we talk about when we're not on <laughs> we're not on here <laughs> How many degrees people. of separation are we from Kevin Bacon? <laughs> and uh, so he's dead again, and they bury him in the yard, which also, don't do that. Bury them in another location, not your yard. That's kind of hard to be like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how this corpse got here, officer. Well, they do a pretty good job of patting the ground down, so it doesn't look, it really doesn't look super disturbed. It's also very convenient when a rose bush grows right over top of it, like overnight. Right evil rose but okay in the books (laughs) it was actually lilacs and i kind of love that more than the roses i do too i like lilacs more than roses for that i think that makes more sense because the roses i'm like i feel like that doesn't fit his uh thing but whatever Oh, but lilac fits dracula cowboy okay but it also (laughs) (laughs) yes 
I just feel like lilacs are more of like a death. Like, do you know what lilacs? I feel like roses would be more associated with like love. No, I don't. Basically, being forever alone. Oh fuck that! That's awesome. Well, I guess lilacs are my new favorite flower. <laughs> oh my god, Queen. That's depressing. So, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I may as well embrace it. <laughs> you do have a lot of cats. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> oh, right, I'm not married. <laughs> but your cats are adorable. <laughs> Taking it back to Batman. Um, yeah, so Sandy has this wonderful store. And Sean thinks it's stupid. Why would you have a specialized store on an island? Because islands are bougie. And Whidbey Island is actually known for its tourism. Is all islands are people? Bitches love islands. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, people we, we can go anywhere for vacation. It just has to have an island. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I just so want to exotic. say. That if this episode had a tagline, I really hope it's people love islands. <laughs> uh, people also love midnight margaritas. Who doesn't? So uh, they get super trashed on midnight margaritas, which looks super fun. I want to get super drunk with Stalker Channing and Diane Weiss and Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock. I think that would be a wonderful experience bucket list right there yeah and they're all kind of mean to each other but it's pretty funny um (laughs) i do love it i do love when the it's like i see a man in your future and he is gorgeous and ooh la la, he, he is, is big. big. <laughs> but you're scared to death, so you wind up like a frigid old hag with your two frigid old hag ants. <laughs> it's just, I love the word. Jillian hag. has her own magic. We all know what it is. <laughs> oh, please. Since what has being a slut been a crime in this family? <laughs> yes. Who do we think's the host, Dr. Channing or Dan Weist? <laughs> Um, based on the books, Diane Weiss. Really? Oh, that's fun. Who's the what? I, I wouldn't said, even who do we say... think's the hoe in the family? Diane Weiss or Stucker Channing? But she it's really hard book, it's because neither of them are actually hoes. But at the same time, if I had to pick one of them to be slightly sluttier than the other, it's Jet. Go Jet. Yeah, good for her. Well, it sounds like Franny was in love with her Ethan. What about my poor Ethan? It was an accident. Which Ethan doesn't exist in the books. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying so hard not to say it. (laughs) I know neither of you love... (laughs) I know neither of you love Rocky Horror, but it's funny funny that I can always bring that up. I don't, like, not love Rocky Horror. I just don't like the end of it. Um... (laughs) Accident. And uh, then all of a sudden they're like, wait, this bottle looks familiar. Where'd you get this bottle of alcohol? Well, they're also Someone singing the song. Someone left it on the porch. Yes. <laughs> Sung to the tune of You Were Always on My Mind, which yes. was what Jimmy was singing before he died. Creepy. 
Uh, what do you think the logistics of this bottle appearing on the porch is? Magic. Because, like, they didn't have DoorDash or anything back then. <laughs> maybe maybe he got his uh, weird toads to somehow go and get it. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the toads. <laughs> he just sent a rose bush and it just, like, grabbed one off a shelf and then it just, like, curried it down the road. So you don't think he went and got it, so he had the roses just deliver it. Got yeah, it. Definitely. He's part of the roses. They're evil roses. The evil roses can do whatever they want. So, <laughs> so he definitely just robbed a liquor store. <laughs> Good places to rob, you know? Nothing bad ever happens at robbing a liquor store. And uh, the ants are like, wait, y'all are being sketchy smell something very distinct smell smell bullshit bullshit (laughs) and uh they're like fuck this you can figure it out yourselves we're gonna teach you a lesson we're gonna dip out and we're gonna leave your kids with some fun jewelry made from maria's hanging rope to protect them they couldn't even make them into like bracelets they give them like the ugliest necklaces ever and like really you're making a hanging rope into a necklace seems a little wrong like, for children. Like, I feel like a bracelet would have been whatever. You do, a bit you more witches. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, it was the 90s, like an ankle bracelet. Yeah. You know? And uh, needless to say, they're very hungover the next day, because tequila at midnight, you know, consequences. And uh, kids play in a kazoo. Nicole Kidman's super pissed, and Sandy just chucks it out the window, which I find very funny. Fuck them kids. And, uh... They get a visitor. Yes. It's a cop. <laughs> the worst kind <laughs> of visitor. <laughs> Don't you love when a cop shows up when you're hungover and it's like, by the way, we're investigating this murder that you guys totally did. <laughs> that sounds like a bad day. <laughs> yeah. I de- that definitely does sound not great. <laughs> Yeah, Sandra Bullock goes on an amazing, like, uh, incoherent ramble. <laughs> just nobody can do that. Like, Sandra Bullock, it just is wonderful. I don't know how, if that was, like, scripted or they're just, like, be super awkward for, like, a minute and a half of being, like, and and we, we, we stole his car, and I'm very sorry because it's a crime. And, uh, yeah, it's wonderful and genius. And the cops, like... <laughs> I'm gonna go question the townsfolk, and yeah, because uh, she's being sketchy. Yeah, it was very, very guilty, guilty sounding. Well, it's, and the whole town's pretty much like she's a witch. Well, she has she a placenta bar. And one thing, sorry, that's like my favorite line in the whole movie. <laughs> that is literally the line. We say that all the time. <laughs> You'd be surprised how much it comes even up know in why. conversation naturally. It really does. I will say, I have asked Sean, I'm like, so how do you guys even like bring this up? I would love to hear how you just use placenta bar in conversation. Honestly, if anyone yeah. uses the word bar or placenta. <laughs> how often does placenta come up in your life? <laughs> Not very often, but I mean, it's enough to make me think of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, my friends have children, so you're more often than you think. So he comes back to interrogate them. And if a cop came to my home to interrogate me, I would not, A, invite him to breakfast. And B, if he took over my kitchen, I would just, like, assume I was hallucinating the whole thing. 
Well, for one thing, she all you kind of forgot to mention. She when she meets this cop, she goes to tell Jillian like I don't think I can lie to him because there's like some deep seated attraction between the two, and so she doesn't feel like she can lie to him. Which to me is like even more reason not to invite him to breakfast. Exactly. But she's also trying yeah. to not Things look slip guilty. Out at meals. Like I don't know. A weird but ring still being a weird thrown thing to out do. by a fucking toad. Yeah. Yes. Also, would not touch that ring in my life. That is disgusting. Um, a frog just burped that up. No, thank you. <laughs> I feel like it would have been so much easier if Sandy just grabbed it and threw it into the water. Like, oops, clumsy me. <laughs> then he could have been like. <laughs> she dropped it in the ocean like in the end. makes it so much worse. Well, I went down and got it for you, baby. Uh, and she's like, oh, it's my ring. Why would you take ownership of that? <laughs> I've never seen that ring before in Just my be life. be like, whoa, that's uh-uh. weird. <laughs> They're trying Maybe to it get... came out of his car. Well, but they don't know that it was used to... They don't know that it was used to brand people. Or brand the woman. Like, they just said they found this woman who was killed. Like, and they, they're taking ownership of it. It's like, oh, Jimmy Angelov is here. So, I don't know. I think they were trying, they're trying, they're not very good Jimmy Angelov's car has already, like, been there and he towed it. So, like, the car was here, like, oh, shit, it must have fallen out of the car. That is a plausible excuse for that ring to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Silly Nicole. <laughs> Fucking Jillian. I will say there's a really nice moment between Sandra Bullock and the cop that she can't lie to where he's like asking her about witchcraft because she's like, it's true, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, it's really not that crazy. Like, your badge, it has power because you believe it does. It doesn't just stop criminals in their tracks. Um, and it just kind of a nice moment between them, even though fuck the police. And um, Sandy and Jillian have an argument about guilt and responsibility and taking ownership of things you have done. And I, for one, don't buy that she would turn herself in for a second because take care of your babies. I don't know. Jillian or Sally seemed to me like she would want to she's like the mother head like she's got the children she doesn't want to she doesn't want to lie like i don't think she would want exactly. her sister to go to jail for something she had done like she wouldn't want like yeah yes he was horrible and yes he was jillian's boyfriend but like sally's the one that murdered twice him. twice <laughs> she was not lying did you kill him oh yeah a couple yep, of times exactly so like yeah so she's i feel at that point she's not she's not doing it so she she's yes she could does have her children she could she's but she's also trying to think of her sister and like not putting her sister in jail for something she definitely did so I'm going to leave my kids without a mom while I go to jail for a murder. Well, she does have two. They have it now three aunts. One of them aunt, aunt, and two of them are great aunts. Mm-hmm. Like, at least they'd be with family. 
and then Jillian wouldn't go to jail for something that she did. Sure. I, I didn't claim to say I knew it. everything. I'm just saying, like, trust the, me, from as the mom, character standpoint, it does I make sense. I get not being able, like, that would be the worst situation to be in because I wouldn't want my sister to go down for something I did, but at the same time, leaving my kids would be devastating, especially considering they'd be without a dad and now without a mom as well. Yeah. It really is. There's no, there's no winning. and But, like... San- Sandy doesn't want anyone else to lose because of her choices. At any rate, she does go to tell the cop that by the way, I'm a badass bitch and I killed this guy and I'll do it to you too. That last part's not true, but um, fuck men. And uh, she notices while she's there. Oh gee, how did she get so close to him to be able to see that he has two different also, colored eyes? did she not notice this before? <laughs> Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> uh, they have kisses. This is not just kisses. No, this is not just kisses. This is like, this is passionate kissing with a G. Yeah. It is. Kissing. It's yes. very passionate. Very hot. So inappropriate. That's all this she needed to do. Her and into be a like, wall well, has... this case is thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and she's like, ooh, uh, this is a mistake. And also, I'm getting telepathic. Help, help me, help me vibes from my sis. And uh, I'm going to. From your sis? I said sis, but I think said? it like came out odd. Uh, but yes, from her sister. And so she runs home because uh, she runs everywhere. They never drive in this town. She just runs to and from her house anytime she goes. And um, finds her sister possessed by a ghost. As a very, very creepy to ghost. <laughs> that sounds like a cobra <laughs> or a crocodile. Yes, that's <sighs> that hissing. It does. It sounds like a like a crocodile. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly that. You should be in voice acting. <laughs> Frank Welker, everyone. Frank Did you Welker. know what stops ghosts though? Magical police badges. Uh. <laughs> Okay, but could you imagine what had to have been running through uh, Gary's mind seeing fucking Jimmy Angelo, this kid that's been branding these women and, you know, in the book, killing these college kids, just kind of rise up out of a friggin' redhead laying down on her bed. I feel like you would be really reevaluating what you knew of the world. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Like... That seems like a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he takes it pretty well in he stride. He does take I will it give him very that. in stride. <laughs> like, I mean, it does help that the ghost reaches inside his chest and tries to, like, frighteners his heart. Um, also, I love that we watch two movies where people are stopped. Ghosts are reaching into their people and stopping their hearts. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a thing. Ghosts just like to do that. Tricksy little ghosts. Tricksy false hobbitses. <laughs> 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 I'm so mad that I can't do a column as good as you. I know. So impressive. 
<laughs> I'm so excited to go see the two towers in like a week. Uh, what happens next? Well, up next. So essentially, for anyone who can't pay attention to a, our, our our kind of meandering a little bit there, um, <laughs> essentially Sally was called back because Jillian is possessed with the ghost of Jimmy Angelov. Um, who comes back as a ghost and is promptly promptly tries to kill Hallett by like stopping his heart, but his police badge burns the ghost and ends up disappearing. Um, and after that is when the detective is just like, "Someday you'll explain this all to me." <laughs> and they go downstairs and. Sally explains, tells him what he feels isn't real. Like, it's all from the love spell Amas Veritas from the beginning. He has one green eye and one blue, and he can... His favorite color... His favorite shape is a star, and he can flip pancakes and hear her call a mile away, which... I, that one's never proven. Um... <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, so, and so she's trying to tell him that. Okay, but isn't what, it though? It's when he comes after her. It I guess proven? He... No, the fact that he said he felt called just from reading her letter. Yeah. That's more than a mile. And you know what? Her range is crazy. He wished for her. But still. He wished for her too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Which melted my little dead heart every, every time when he says that I wish especially when too. Sandy starts crying really the beautiful. anguish tears and you're just like Ugh. she's so good at anguish oh my god she is Sandy is just wonderful I mean we've got Oscar winners in this movie her and Nicole both mm-hmm. and uh, Sally we get some some sister cest because Jimmy's really into really into sisters and sisters possess- right now Ugh. yeah and uh so nicole kidman licks sandra bullock's face and it's like oh uh guess he's not gone good thing the ants are home so we can do an exorcism but we're gonna need some help and then we get one of the funniest scenes of the whole movie <laughs> and this is when yeah. uh, earlier we didn't mention this because i mean it, it doesn't feel important but when jillian comes back uh sally was at a PTO meeting and was <laughs> Jillian ended up you mean PTA? Oh yeah. PTO is when you have paid time off. PTA <laughs> I didn't even catch it. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. They were at the Harper Valley PTA. Um and <laughs> essentially Jillian used her magic to change uh, Sally to the top of the phone tree, which is basically just popularity contest winners. And so yeah. <laughs> Sally uses that phone tree to call all the curious people in town, including her two friendly co-workers, employees, including Margo Martindale, which love Margo Martindale. Uh, and her line is just oh, brilliant. When one of them is just like, Sally just came out and she's like, what a fabulous affirmation. <laughs> yes. It's great. I, I love when Sally comes out and, you know, they all come together and I love to see the women supporting women 
and that's when we get the great like line of there's a little witch in every woman and it's just it's really beautiful it's such a like 90s little like oh, everybody's gonna come together and vanquish the it's just it's cute it's <laughs> i like it it's you know what is the most 90s part of this to me what the dust buster <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, not Sabrina honestly. Spellman's teacher <laughs> yes. playing a character in this. Yes. <laughs> also, did you notice that the one coworker from the little specialty shop is Monica from Shameless? <laughs> oh, I didn't really watch Shameless. Yeah, same. Oh. Well, anyway, for those listeners out there, <laughs> one of the workers at Sandra Bullock's little specialty shop uh, is good old Mrs. Gallagher. I'm shameless. Anyway, they do this exorcism and it eventually works, even though it looks dire well, at one point, but with the power it, of love. Officially, the exorcism doesn't work. So the essentially, they try and do the exorcism. It doesn't work. But Sally decides to use the old blood promise that she and her sister had made to expel the ghost the my blood your blood our blood and it works and is very messy very messy <laughs> yes <laughs> come on ladies yes. let's clean so house. he is expelled he's turned to dust everyone sweeps him outside and then yeah because they all brought brooms yes, for the ritual and then pours so. the most gross looking chicken soup onto on top yeah, it's good for your pores, though. <laughs> and for sealing his nasty spirit into the grave. Yes. And later, it turns out that Detective Hallett had went home. He and he says that Jimmy Angelov's death was a accident by placing the ring in the fire in a fire, which also. And go ahead. Sorry. I feel like they would have been able to find this stuff out. Like there wasn't the right DNA and stuff, even in the late nineties, but Sandy's all conflicted. And she's like, I don't know what, like asking her sister, what would you do? And Nicole Kidman's like, what wouldn't I do for the right guy? And, uh, and then we get Stevie Nicks, everybody Stevie Nicks. <laughs> I love it. And yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, you got to have Stevie yes. Nicks for a witchy mm -hmm. story. And, and Hallett, Detective Hallett comes back because he actually is in love with Sally. Sally still. Is it the spell? Is it real love? Who <laughs> cares? <laughs> I'm sure they're tigers in bed. Better um, than bats. <laughs> <laughs> Lambs in the kitchen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and then we cut to our ending and Bree, do you want to finish out with our last lines of the movie well, we're not gonna talk about them jumping off the roof i will say this ending is so yeah i'm like we have to talk about like the actual ending because it's ridiculous and wonderful so uh, one of the rumors in town is that at halloween they all jump off the roof and fly and this halloween since sally has come out as a witch everyone is there the whole town is like watching they all go to the roof dressed in like super stereotypical like black hats black like witch costumes which I feel like would be offensive to an actual witch, but you know, and they jump off the roof and gently float down, even though we don't see it. So it's kind of a, 
meh uh, as far as flying yeah, scenes Yeah, I go. thought flying meant they would actually fly and not just fall gracefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just kind of like, eh, especially with this budget, I feel like they could have done a little bit of flying. But we do get a really beautiful last bit of voiceover that I would love to get us a tattoo Same. in some form. Bree, you want to tell us what it is? Always throw spilled salt over your left you shoulder. Keep rosemary by your garden gate, plant lavender for luck, and fall in love whenever you can. So, do we have any final thoughts, and what would we rate this if we hopped on Letterboxd? Brie, you were the guest of honor. Go first. Well, like I've already said, this has been my favorite movie for a quarter of a century. So, I might be a little biased when I say I would give this a solid oh, 4.5. You couldn't have just said 25 years. That sounds so much shorter than a quarter of a century. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Clayton likes to do this thing wherever we talk about movies. And he's like, yeah, this movie is 34 years old. And I'm like, ugh. I'm like, I'm not even that old. But he's... He does this, and that one just made, was actually worse than anything he said. Yeah, so imagine if instead of thirty years I old, I was it. like, "This movie came out an entire generation ago." It sounds so much worse. <laughs> Fuck off! Oh man, that's rough. Yeah. So uh, this is a five-star film for you, Bree. <laughs> I'd say a solid four point five. I think maybe if I got to see the kind of the darker version that unfortunately was lost it could bump it up to a definite five yeah agreed uh i would love to see the darker version of this sean where are you landing on this 90s gem um i always waver between a 3.5 and a four i think there's a lot of like there's kind of a jumble of like total inconsistencies a little bit it kind of it never knows what story it's really trying to tell or which story is the most important out of all of them. Um, and so for me, I does it, there are points where I'm just... I'm in it for the people. Like, you know, like, it is a fun time. It is a very vibey movie. And Nicole and Sandy have, like, spectacular chemistry. So you're watching, you know, you watch a movie like this for the people, not for the plot. Yeah. So I'm going with four today. So I also have been wavering between a three and a half and a four. I think I'm going to end on a three and a half. Uh, I really like the bones of this film, but the tonal inconsistencies, it doesn't necessarily fit into a certain type, which I do appreciate, but like, it's kind of hard to be like, okay, were they going for a romantic comedy? Were they looking for a comedy? Was it like a, it's like they couldn't decide what type of movie they were going for. And I think that ultimately hurts the film because it can't decide what the fuck it wants to be. Um, and I feel like if they'd, you know, gone darker or leaned more into the romantic side of things, it just it would have been more successful and worked better as a story in general. But I do really enjoy it. And I just have to shout out, we didn't mention this, but before they do the whole seance, Sandra Bullock goes they're lighting all these candles and she lights one like with magic and like looks at her daughter and gives this like little sly smile to the camera and it's like my favorite Sandra Bullock. How did we forget ever. that again? Maybe well I don't I hey, I remembered I it this oh, time. Oh, we forgot it last time. I remembered. Too. Yeah. But I remembered before we finished recording, so yes. that's perfect. <laughs> 
because I really love that. It's wonderful. Well, maybe not my favorite Sandra Bullock moment. That would have to go to her heartbreaking speech and while you were sleeping about like, if you've ever been so alone, you confused him. spend the night confusing a man Ugh, in a coma. Don't start oh, that. Uh, I'm already God. emotional. <laughs> uh, yes, but I did really like this, but I'm going with a three and a half. Sean, how did this film do? Uh, I mean, it did not do well at the box office, I'll tell you that. No. Um, with a budget of $75 million, Which is insane. Like, that's $138 million in today's money. For comparison, Ocean's 8, which had an insane cast in 2018, was $70 million. So back in the 90s, this cost $5 million more than Ocean's 8. That's nuts. Yeah. Damn. Crazy. Yes, um, but it grossed $46.7 million. Wah, wah. So this was a flop. Not in my heart. Yeah. When you make back like two-thirds of your budget, that is not a win. Uh, Letterbox, however, tends to agree with us on this one. It is a 3.4, so people like it. A 3.4 in Letterbox is like a 4.3 anywhere solid. else. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's a solid A. So uh, coming soon, we will be having a Patreon coming out. Super exciting stuff. If you want to find us on the socials, our podcast is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Blue Sky. Just search the pod. You'll find it. If you want to find me, I'm on Twitter and Letterboxd and Blue Sky at just happy to see you. Number two, letter C, letter U. Sean is on those same platforms at... Murph the Smurf, M-U-R-P-H-T-H-E-S-M-U-R-P-H. And if you want to email us anything, our email is men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com. And that is all of our socials. So what are we watching next week, Clayton? Next week, we are doing a remake that I'm quite fond of. We are talking about House of Wax from 2005, and I am so excited. Uh, please don't forget to give us a rate or review if you're enjoying the pod. It helps like a lot, a lot, a lot. And if you want to support the pod a little bit, there is a donation link in the show notes. Uh, that helps a ton. We put a lot into this podcast and it would all go right back into the show. So consider that. And don't forget to be kind to people. It's hard out there and it costs nothing. Breathe. Free. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been so awesome. Uh, I love you so this much. Was a great and I hope present. this was a good birthday present. Yeah, I, I see why you are Sean's <laughs> best friend. You are lovely and wonderful to talk to. And uh, thank you for coming to talk with us about Practical Magic twice. Because <laughs> technology hates me for some reason this week. Um, but Lots of things hate you, Clayton. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you, Laura. That was rough. Uh, <laughs> well, I personally... Hey, he well, says stuff like that to me all the time. this with you twice. Um, it's just, it's been a good time. <laughs> yeah. Good. And we'll, good, we'll be talking you're to be you back. soon about something else that I will not spoil. But yes, it will be a wonderful time. Thank you for coming. This was fabulous. And until next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. And happy birthday, Bree. Happy birthday.